You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick and today my guest is Rachel Erasmus. I nearly started telling you about Rachel, but I think I should let Rachel tell us about herself. So, Rachel, tell us about who you are and what your journey has been. Hi, well, thank you for inviting me. Um, Pleasure. I am a mother of a very vibrant five-year-old. I have a history of working as a nurse and a midwife for many years. And I've been a coach for, I think it must be about eight or nine years now. I think we must be something like that um yeah and I'm in the process of branding or rebranding in a new business venture that I'm doing fantastic fantastic so you and I met when you were coaching yeah for the NHS yes and I remember we had coffee in Starbucks on Charing Cross Road yes do you remember that yeah yeah it's very yeah a long time ago now that feels like a thousand years ago when I used to go somewhere and even more so when I used to go to London twice a week. Anyway, that's yeah. about me. This is about you. I remember, Rachel, that you did some really interesting work in your NHS role around using coaching and midwifery and things. Are you able to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so um, so I'm, I've been a community midwife and kind of where I was working was right in the city of London and there's a whole spectrum of women that I was working with but what was really um, standing out to me was the challenges that that a lot of women were facing adapting to becoming mothers Um, and I particularly noticed that in really successful business women who were very competent in their role very much in control of life high flyers really and then the sort of impact of having a newborn was really quite kind of almost devastating in that it absolutely just pulled apart um, the tools and abilities that they normally would employ in a day didn't fit in the context Mm. of a newborn baby Um, and a lot of stress and, and just challenging that really. And then during the time I was a midwife, I trained as a coach and I started to see how, the skills and tools that I was learning as a coach would really support these women. And I also recognised that a lot of people were suffering with postnatal depression, but not necessarily um, sort of diagnosable or very on the serious sort of end of the spectrum, but actually needed to engage with how they were holding themselves, what they were believing about themselves, um, things that were affecting this sort of confidence and joy actually mm. so I came up with an idea of creating groups where mums could come together and what we would do was use coaching tools to help them engage with whatever the challenges or the things that were coming up for them in that moment as new mothers so I got charity funding um from guys in St Thomas's foundation to do that and we ran it um 
in southeast London for several sort of cycles of that wow. project and it was really brilliant it was it was a really interesting and diverse group of women that came along and we had it was small groups we had sort of six seven women in each group and it ran over about seven weeks and each time they came I had a particular tool I was going to use and they brought whatever the issues were for them so you'd have six or seven different topics in the room um, and one particular approach to engaging with whatever those topics were and there was some work that people did on their own some that they shared with one another and we had some agreements and sort of ground rules for that and it was a deeply connecting space and several of the mums I'm aware are still in contact with each other now um, several years down the line and I think what they experienced was a, a way of meeting one another that went much below the surface um, to the heart of the matter and they also found ways to really engage with themselves and see themselves and hold themselves um, to my mind that's very honouring um, and was resourcing them for the kind of the week ahead and what they were engaged with. So, yeah, really um, very grateful that I got the opportunity to sort of join up those aspects of my areas of interest. <laughs> and, it's amazing. Uh, so did you do any research into the outcomes? Yeah, so we did. Um, it was a pilot project. So we actually had to go through the whole of the ethics board and everything to to do it, which was a wow. issue in itself. I did not know I was taking that all on board. Um, so we did some quantitative questionnaires at the beginning and at the end to look at various sort of well-being related outcomes. And we also did um, just, a, you know, an open questionnaire at the end for people to write what they wanted. And we did some interviews um, a few months later as well. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, the overriding message that came through was that there was an improvement in every area. Um, Amazing. And that, and I think they just felt really valued, actually, as well, yeah. sort of in, in the process. But yeah, no, it was really, it was nice to see the little lines on the graphs go up, you know. What difference did it make for you as a coach and mm -hmm. a facilitator also having the technical skill and wisdom of being a midwife? So it was it was interesting because um, I because I was still employed at the time as a, as a midwife and the charity funding came as separate to the midwifery role. There was needing to be some sort of um, distinction um, drawn, and also the the role I was in and the hat that I had on was different. So the boundary that we put around those that could be part of the project was they had to be at least two weeks postnatal, which is around the time that not everybody, but a lot of women are discharged from midwifery care. Um, and at least the first rung of women that came through were all women that my team and I had had some connection with and contact with as midwives. So there was a level of sort of trust and, um, credibility I think that, yeah. that was there anyway which I think partly is why everybody was so up for coming along yeah um, yeah but I was also very very clear at the beginning of the sessions that I was not going to be um, giving advice um, and guidance around 
sort of technical and practical things and even things like um, breastfeeding, which often is a challenge for people if they're doing that. Um, as a midwife, there's obviously quite a lot of information you're wanting to share and an agenda in that. Um, but as a coach and sitting in that space, I wasn't coming with that. I was coming to be alongside the woman in what they were dealing with and to help them think through what they needed and what resources they needed to access for themselves. So I think that actually was really helpful. And I found mm. that really liberating um, because I think part of my wrestle as a midwife and in the health service had been that sort of paternalistic expert sort of role and and information sharing which isn't isn't what I was enjoying and loving about being a coach so um so I think I think it gave me credibility um and understanding so when people shared things in a way I actually found it easier to not try and problem solve and jump in and do things I actually found it easier to hold them and and also, I think because I've journeyed with so many women over so many years, knowing that things change, knowing that some things you can't resolve, some things you can resolve, it it I, it wasn't like a sort of a panic of I've got to sort this out or make it better. It was like, okay, so this is where we are. We've been here. What is the way, what's the best way for you right now to to find your way? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so your embodied wisdom impacted mm. your presence but you weren't there for knowledge sharing yeah nice yeah. I have to ask you a technical question okay <laughs> I last week I was doing a talk about partnering with people in thinking process mm. and I said you know the whole philosophy of this is what's the least that we need to do for somebody to feel heard and get new insights and sometimes that's almost nothing and somebody was really cross with me and they said but surely everyone needs a midwife Right. So here's a technical question. Is it possible to deliver your own baby? Yes. Thank you. I thought I was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can ask Rachel that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's probably not good to assume that that's the only thing that you should do all the time, but that's interesting. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, on that, like on a practical topic around birthing the physical birthing um really the the role of the midwife um or the sort of the legal requirement to have a midwife or a doctor is is actually to look out for things that aren't going right ah. <laughs> um so actually the the physical ability of a woman to conceive to carry a baby, to deliver a baby, um, where there is no no other (laughs) thing getting in the way of that or positioning or whatever, is fully able to be somebody doing that. Well, not conceiving on their own, but, you know, going through the process and delivering the baby without assistance. And obviously people that have got maybe their second or third child where they've come super quick, you know, might find that they are on the toilet and the baby's coming out or whatever. And the placenta, you know, will come out in most cases on its own and um and actually the the health professionals really are there to just check that everything has happened in the way that the body is able to do and the baby's breathing as it is designed to do and 
you know that that, that works yeah. but unfortunately in a lot of cases it doesn't always flow in that way yeah and, and then you do want other people around but oh, yes I did definitely <laughs> you know, well, I, and the reality is that the majority of people's experience um in this country you know is is that they do yeah. it yeah. doesn't go to that ideal plan yeah yeah but it is possible yeah definitely so one of the things that I've been waiting to talk to you about Rachel is <laughs> is the concept of the midwife as a coach mm. and also the concept of the coach as a midwife mm. which is what this lady was saying really mm. so are midwives coaches and are coaches midwives or how that's such a close question let me just delete the question <laughs> oh ah midwives coaches and coaches midwives so in a sense it's it's the essence of of these roles or or what they are that is where the convergence comes i think um years and years ago i read in i think it was a album cover or something somebody had said um something along the lines of we need um, midwives to help or support birthing people's dreams ah. um, and I remember that really sort of resonating with me and I kind of got the connection mm. so so I think at its very um, optimal essence of what a midwife is about I think there's a lot of overlap with coaching and I think it's things like um well the word midwife actually means with woman oh. so it, it's about being with mm. and often in life I see a lot of metaphors to do with birthing but you know the very fact that it is the woman who's carrying the baby and that baby is being born from her through her and the role of the midwife ideally is there to to hold the space to encourage to just remind them that they can do it to maybe pop in a few physical things they can do like walking and breathing and to kind of encourage the process along but the midwife is not the person that comes in with the forceps and the cesarean and you know they're not there to take over the situation yeah. they're there to encourage the, the natural process to continue um and yeah and just be aware of be aware of what's changing. Um, there is a lot when I started coaching that I was like, oh my gosh, I've learned so many of these skills. <laughs> so the observation, you know, as a midwife, you're you're watching the movement of the woman, you're watching the movement of the baby, you're you're touching, you're feeling what's happening, you know, with mm. things opening up, you're sensing it in the the energy of the room. There can be a sort of like a heaviness or a lightness or a sense of movement. There's this different um feelings actually that can be present there's yeah there's a lot of those sort of um different sensory yeah. things that take place that's so interesting so as a coach I encourage people to walk and breathe mm, exactly it's really good I and I often notice that when people aren't breathing and I'm guessing that you're probably very attuned to that because of your how you were formed as a professional mm. Yeah. The sensing thing is really interesting, isn't it? Because um, I'm going to tell a story because I think it will help you and our listeners 
make sense and look at it differently. So we went to the Morgan factory the other day where they make handmade cars and they teach their apprentices over eight years to sense. Mm. So, so you look at a perfectly formed car where everything is in the right place and it's all lined up and it's all exactly where it needs to be. And they have no templates. They do the whole thing by sensing. So their formation of their apprentices is to teach them how to sense. So on a Morgan car, they have, I think it's 22 little air slots in the bonnet over the engine to let the heat out. And if you sit in the passenger, in the driver's seat of a Morgan car and look down it, they are in exactly a straight line. But the, but the apprentice, when they hand punch each slit has no pattern so they haven't got a line against which they're measuring they all have to be against this line they're just doing it by by sensing yeah yeah and you've just described that same sensing in a different way haven't you the the embodied inner knowing thing and it actually links for me with something um else in terms of mothers with that because I think part of my role as a coach and what I'm seeing the value of it is is supporting women as they're transitioning from being not mothers to mothers to tune into that inner knowing that they've got because there's so much information out there there's so much um conflicting advice opinion right wrong what to do and and it's just very very stressful and confusing and undermining actually a lot of the time whereas there is something within us that often has a sense of actually something's not right or something is right but you you've kind of got to tune into that deeper place and not get caught up in either the the knowledge or lack of it or the fear and and I think that's the same and I'm going back to being a midwife as well like, like say for instance at home birth which is what I did a lot of um if I was in a day where I was a bit jangled in myself it would be easy to go oh do I need to be doing something get a bit itchy and like I want to you know is is everything okay do I need to make something happen or you know and actually I needed to settle in myself and get past the sort of fear of something going wrong or not Mm. being as it should to trust and to be connected to then make a more discerning um, call, actually, about what I'm seeing and what's needed. And I think that is, it, it's like a human skill to keep developing. And as a coach, obviously, I've been doing that. As a midwife, I've been doing that. But actually, as a mother, I've also needed to do that. Um, yeah, so that inner, that connection to that inner voice and mm. trust is a very essential part, actually, of of all of these journeys yeah yeah and I love your I love the fact that that your inner knowing enables somebody else to access theirs yeah I think that's beautiful so many similarities aren't there so many connections yeah so tell us about your business now because you're not in the health service now no I'm no longer working as a midwife I realised as I began my coaching journey that that's really where my passion was sort of growing and growing. Um, So I have developed a business 
that is working with women through the whole of their pregnancy, postnatal and work journey or return to work journey. Um, and I'm working with individuals, but I'm also working with businesses wow. as part of their offering to their employees and particularly wanted to focus on the leaders as well, because I'm really recognising that there's enormous um, responsibility that's being carried. And then you go into another setting with enormous responsibility to carry. And it's finding your way through all of those things and adapting to them and integrating the learning. So that's that's part of the, the work. Which goes back to your ladies in southwest London. Yeah, Southeast London. Southeast <laughs> London, sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, For our international that's... listeners, that was a bad thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that look like, Rachel? In terms of the process or Yeah. Yeah. How do people find you and, and what does working with you look like? Yeah, so find me on my website, which is rachelerasmus.com or through LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends how you meet me, whether you're somebody from a business, from an HR department, or whether you're an individual. Um, but either way, just book in an appointment and I'll, I'll have a chat with you. Um, but generally what I tend to do is work with individuals from early or mid time in their pregnancy. So it's depending what's needed. For some people, there's, there's a lot of anxiety around birth and, and that sort of aspect of the journey. Um, and that might be where more of the emphasis is. And for others, it's more about actually how do they transition out of the job that they're in and then move into a new place as a mother. So I work with them before they leave work or before they give birth and then have some sessions with them after the baby's born, again, depending on what what's needed and wanted in that sort of period of ad- adaptation and then have some sessions again leading up to and then returning into the workplace and um, again helping with that transition yeah what a beautiful gift because I remember when I had our first child you know I'd been working full-time for my whole life and my mm. most of my connections were in the workplace and it's like you shut the door on that don't you and then there you are with this little baby and even yeah. if you meet people at antenatal classes, which I did, I met some really great people at antenatal classes, you're still not quite connected in the same way, are you? And your support no. systems look very different. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your dream for your business, Rachel? Hmm. Well, I think one thing that really came up for me was, um, it's actually, it was about transformation. And I, I think the the depth of humanity and the sort of spirit and heart of who we are is so important. And I just love connecting with that level of human in the midst of business, in the midst of other kind of pulling factors in life, and see that human become more fully who they are. Um, and I just see as that is almost like light kind of being lit all over the place, that it begins to change culture. It changes how we see each other, how we connect with one another, how we value one another. And then obviously in the in the work setting, how mothers are valued, 
her family is valued. And also every single woman who finds that place of courage and peace and confidence and truth, that has an outflow in their family. It has an outflow on their children and the way they connect with one another. Mm. So you're looking at generational impact as well. So I think there's something quite enormous that I'm hoping for. And it just feels like the business is a conduit Mm. and a way of getting to meet people in really profound ways to call out of them the very best of who they are um, and, and see them go into the world and be the fullness of who they are. That's what's in me, I think. That's amazing. And the passion, <laughs> the passion in your voice and on your face is so beautiful. Mm. And I love that continuity thing. You know, I will travel with you as you leave one place, as you inhabit a new place and as you return. Yeah. You return to where you were before, but you never do, do you? You return to a to where you were before and encounter it in a new way. Yeah, yeah. And I also think in life there are often moments that are very trans or potentially very transformative and um I've heard people talk about thin places and thin moments and and life and death are very much those places Mm. and I think in the journey of having a baby um there is so many very significant points of transformation of challenge of change that a woman goes through in that journey it's like it's almost like a lifetime's worth of massive events happening in like a year or 18 months sort of period Mm. um and it's there's not much support to really navigate that with consciousness and and ability you know Mm. in a very deliberate way it takes a lot and to have you know people around you that can champion and see you and call you forward and you know I think it's a yeah I think it's a a lot of value to have that in that journey yeah Yeah, that's amazing it's interesting what you said about thin places I have a painting of a thin place here on my wall Hmm. um a friend of mine is training to be a soul midwife so a midwife for end of life yes um Yeah, and it makes me think of that, you know, the circle, the coming and going and the natural rhythm of life, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rachel, what an absolutely delightful conversation. Oh, thank you, Claire. Is there day. anything else you want our listeners to hear? I just feel really encouraged. I think I just feel really hopeful um, about what's possible. Mm. So, um yeah, I don't think I've got much more to say, but thank you. Great. So if you want to talk to Rachel, she's Rachel at rachelerasmus.com. Um, and remember that you might not be about to have a baby, but you might just meet somebody who is, or you might be involved in organisational HR stuff and and this might be something on your agenda. So do get in touch with Rachel if you're interested. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean, 
and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching In, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.